I, I just, I broke it down into how I make films. The, the book started by like, um, it was eight uh, Instagram stories I posted. And then I, I decided to elaborate on it just to get all my processes, processes out. And it, it became the book. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. And this is the first time I've actually used the uh, teleprompt. So hopefully this will work out as well. So on a live show. <laughs> So, all right, here we go. Uh, here we go. Let's have a go. Hi, folks. Welcome to In the Room with Garvin and George. This week, our guest is Frank W. Kelly, award-winning. George, George, I'm going to stop you before you start because you're looking up to God. You're about two foot up in the air with your eyes reading the teleprompt. Garvin, <laughs> I have to look there. I'm recording sure. straight into my camera. All right, good man. No, I was just checking I'm there because I'm, I'm doing ridiculous what, on my side. I'm doing what you always do on your side. All right. Oh, you're always good. looking into the camera. That's what it is. Wow. I'm over there. Yeah. Yeah. Because I forgot that. Thing. You, you Sorry, kind man. of go that way. No worries. No worries. Ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, dear. See what I have to put up with there, Frank. I hope all this behind the scenes is going to be broadcast as well. <laughs> no, I want, like I said, I want this in. This is recording. We want this in, George. It's not, there's nothing to give out about. <laughs> So we're just using a teleprompt for once. Okay, let's try it again. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> okay, he says, Hi, folks. Welcome to In the Room with Gardner George. This week, our guest is Frank W. Kelly, award-winning independent filmmaker and author of a new book, Eight Simple Steps to Making Your Short Film. Over the last year, he has made a batch of films using the ethos of one day, one location, two actors, using whatever is at hand, like the mobile phone to shoot. So it all sounds very exciting. So welcome to the show, Frank. We've got that little bit over and done with. We normally have our clipboards and things like that. <laughs> normally we have things. I've got tons of stuff here that I normally grab and sort of see what I can use. And I think we're probably following the same kind of ethos as you are with, look, let's get out there and make yeah. a movie. Now, Garvin has been telling me, no, George, you've got to make some money out of this. We've got to do this properly. It's a business. It's, it's whatever. <laughs> so how do you balance that kind of, I want to go out there and make something with, I've got to generate an income and make sure the kids can afford to go to school. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the balance is the tricky one, especially when, when you're an independent filmmaker, you know, um, for me, it's, um, I kind of work on and off. So I work part-time as well. Uh -huh. I, I work as a as a painter decorator. Uh, I work as a wh whatever I can get. I worked at Apple for a long time. I had a full time gig going for a long time. There wasn't much filmmaking going on then, so I had to find a way to strike a balance between film and and the income. Now, film has never paid me. Uh, it has a couple of times. There's a few of my films that have sold and, and generated an income, but the business side of things, perhaps Garvin can kind of educate me on it. <laughs> <laughs> that side of things um, because I'm very much, I'm very independent you know and the stuff is is kind of small scale it's it goes out to festivals it hits YouTube it, it can win awards I, can, I, can, I do generate some sales out of it but generally I don't make an income from filmmaking so it's alright no I'm going to jump in Frank now you've armed me to the teeth you've armed me to the teeth <laughs> you know the, the great thing is you're on the same journey as ourselves and we're just all meeting now because we all, we all went off to work. We had to do the day job. We had the passion and creativity is in us somewhere wanting to get out, but we couldn't figure out how to make it pay. That's my journey at the moment. And sense of, I was the accidental accountant, but I actually realized I've always been an artist. I've always had a creativity side of me, which I never let out because I couldn't figure out the payment. 
George, same thing. He's worked in the film industry for years, but we want to finance our own art. Not the art, but our passion, but we want to make it pay. You're doing, I spotted yourself on LinkedIn or Facebook, or I stalked you from a number of different points. <laughs> and we picked out the fact that you're an award-winning X, Y, and Z. You've got the passion, you're packaging it. But now we're letting the world know it doesn't yet pay. But when you looked at that, that was your ad. That was your portfolio. That was to get the next gig, to get the one that will pay or to find that elusive investor. Because you're saying, I have an art. I'm able to package it. I'm able to win awards. But the bit I'm missing is Business 101. I need to make it pay. And then I have it all. I've got the sustainable. Let's do it again. Let's find a family of stuff that the film family I want to work with. And that's what you have. You've got the family. That's like Roisin and, and Mo O'Connell. They have the people they want to work with. They enjoy what they do. But an awful lot of what we're hearing in independent production is we have to have the second job, the day job, the part. Mm-hmm. We want, if we can just get this to pay, then yeah. this is the job, yeah. if that makes sense. Well, it, it perfect sense because that's what the book is about. Yeah. Um, it's about and the project I've worked on this year I call it Gaps which is about finding gaps of time to be creative within your kind of daily life for me it's kids school runs um, part time jobs but what happens then is you kind of forget that you're creative you let the creativity fall by the wayside yeah. and what happens it has this kind of detrimental effect on you on your mental health you know because you're not doing the thing you're passionate about and you're kind of just joining the dots and you know coloring by numbers you're not kind of living your full life so to speak george so, george so, he's been listening I'm going, I'm oh, yeah, going, he has, I'm he has. jumping in here frank <laughs> he's now what you know the thing is you might be in the universe we don't know we've we have a hundred shows out there you've quoted from three of them just in the one sentence my throwaway comments is we'll join the holistic dots we'll find yeah. the spe- and the weird thing is yeah. it's what everyone says we're going yeah, we're, yeah. we're working we don't want to work to live. Or I should say, we're not here to, to live to work. We want yeah. to work to live. We want, mm-hmm. And we want that passion. The passion thing you touched on is that's what everybody wants, if we can identify it. And joining the dots is what the game is about. Most of the time you're yeah. in a silo. And if you don't step out of the silo and join a few more dots, there's no way mm-hmm. you can empower that no. journey or most people can't empower the journey of passion. Well, one of the things that I found that's interesting because we're talking about the passions and trying to make sure that you get those. I I, I worked as an editor. I, I went to film school years and years ago, and then I became an assistant editor, worked my way up, became an editor. But you were working constantly on someone else's project, which is the same experience that you'd be having as a painter director because I've worked in other areas, but I've, you know, I've taught. But you're always working to somebody else's script if you like and it's never quite the mm-hmm. one you want you've, you've had a you can get a creative input but if you get burnt out by that you suddenly realize i'm, I'm going off track and you know garvin says yeah. no but you should go off track and go off road all the time that's one of the things he's in the show but you do have to get that balance and i found that i'm constantly going back to reading those source materials that that led me into the film industry in the first place even watching the movies that inspired me and you want to get out yeah. there and do that and it is just trying to fit that in uh, and I'm doing what they call the artist way. And I'm on week 75 of doing three pages a morning oh, yeah. uh, during the week. Right, yeah. uh, and it's inspiring yeah. ideas. Where do I want to go? What do I want to do? What's causing me problems? But it also means I'm observing life where story comes from as yeah. well, which is why I think it's yeah. very important to encourage people to go out there and do their jobs because that's where the source material comes from to create the, the yeah. stuff. 
what we're looking at now is how do you package that so that we can go out and do a meaningful shoot that covers the story that we need to develop and get it out there to an audience. And, and again, I think we're all in that same kind of sort, sort of boat. So tell us a little bit about your filmmaking process so we can align it with what we're actually doing, see how, how that fits into our model. Yeah, well, the, the process I've gone through this year is brand new to me. It's um, I, I've been making films for 20 years and I kind of went all the way down the road to in the room with real producers booking a big gig that would change my career. And, you know, um, that happened twice and it fell through uh, both times just for one financing, one reason or another. Um, big that's projects, the main one, so Joe. Frank, that's the word. Yeah. It's, the, it's the financing, yeah. Now, yeah, actually, I'm yeah. going to stop you for a second because the synchronicity in your sentences is very, very interesting. You were yeah. twice in the room with the mm -hmm. executive producers. Yeah. You're twice in the room with the executive producers now. Now, because that's who we are and the show yeah. is in the room and you're now in the room talking to the director, like you know, yeah. effectively our journey mm -hmm. is to be executive director, producer, financing yeah. shorts and features. So, I mean, there's a little bit of that hidden in the yeah. room as well, which is yeah, interesting. Yeah. So I, I like, I like where you're going. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what I did was I kind of, it, it was a difficult time for us, like as a family, financially, we were broke and um, we decided to emigrate to America. So we went over there and I, I still try to get films made over there, but, Ended up just having to take a full-time job and just work and um, got a job at Apple. And that was just full-on production. Um, and I kind of just wasn't happy. So when I moved back three years ago, we were there for five years, I decided to just start from square one. So the new films now, it's that, like you talked at the top of the show, um, the one day, uh, one location, two actor type films. And I said, there's a way here that I can package this to... Yeah, generate some income, but also get filmmakers like us back into making films again. And from that comes more films, more films that I could sell, um, short films that I could sell. The book, which is a, you know, it's a, something I can sell. Um, but then packaging that together into like workshops or something like that, that I could then generate an income for myself throughout the year where I could provide workshop, practical filmmaking workshops based on my career while still making films in the gaps. Um, and then hopefully leading on to bigger films, bigger, more production value, uh, a budget, you know. I love so the language. The, I love the language. You're yeah. actually mirroring a little. Actually, you're mirroring the last 15 shows because oh, well. no, actually you, you're actually ahead of the last 15 shows because you're, you realize, Roisin said, the production value. We've got to yeah. capture the production value. The value, but the value only appears after the budget has been spent or invested to generate the production mm -hmm. value. Now, most of the time when we're pitching to investors or to get, to get the budget, we have to pre-sell the value that hasn't mm -hmm. actually been budgeted mm -hmm. and hasn't been created. And we don't know if ever it'll be paid. And that's where the catch 22 in microproduction predominantly is because the investors left the market. We've said this before, sub 1 million, sub 2 million, highest risk on the planet, don't know what the return is, but we know what's in there is it's the biggest value. It's the if it's the creativity package 
of, of mm-hmm. these up-and-coming artists or that want to get their testimonial something before they go off and get the day job or they hope they'll never get a day job. They hope this is the day job. But you're going, you're, you're playing an indie production. You're saying, I don't want to be have a job in a 50 million something and have to get another one next year. I want to be part of the machine. I want to be mm-hmm. generating indie production. I want to find me, I want to be doing this with my family and friends and my film family. And this is resonating with us, and I think myself and George and everyone we spoke to in the last 15 weeks because they're they're all the same ilk. I'd love yeah. to be making money doing this, but yeah. that's mm-hmm. hard when it's a short. Most shorts aren't sellable. You need to be you need to be getting a very big win something. And even then, you might what you get for that in monetary terms. You got to have a day job to pay the mortgage. So it's yeah. it's this risk reward profile. But we know where you're going. You've just said it in one sentence. I want to go from micro minimum viable product of one actor, one day, one one place, one location. Get it right. Mm-hmm. Do it again. Go to ten. Go to a million. Go to go to go to go to that sub micro budget. But yeah. I want to play there, or do you want yeah. a job in the fifty million space? I'm happy enough, kind of at the moment, because I, I went for the fifty million space, you know, um, and I probably at the time I'd say it would have been about eight years ago, maybe a bit more. I wouldn't have been ready then, you know. I had made my I'd made my first feature film. Um, I was kind of moving into bigger films, like the next one would have been a three million budget. Then the one after that, maybe a 10, 15 million budget, realistically speaking. And those are the ones that kind of collapsed on me. Um, now I'm kind of happy. I kind of have it the next three years lined out. Like I'm finishing this year with the book. Um, next year I've got uh, a very a specific project lined up um, that will help me make seven films. And then after that, I want to get back into a feature and I've kind of broken it up into the way I want to film it is keeping this kind of um, one day thing going, but doing it like in a month of Sunday. So shooting it every, the end of every month. And then I thought what, what I should do is each of those scenes, I've broken the script down up into like um, 10 episodes. Um, and kind of like what, what Michael Winterbottom did with the trip, he made a series and then he recut it into a movie. So that's kind of the plan is it is a year long web series to then re-edit into a feature film. Um, so that's you're kind of, it down the bite sized yeah, chunks. Absolutely. You basically said, oh, yeah. I can do this, and, yeah. and that's great. Yeah. What, what are you and doing what in your uh, Sorry, in your um, uh, one day shoot? How much material? Well, how much material do you shoot, and how much uh, on screen time do you normally get out of that one day? Uh, but I could get up to nine minutes. Um, it's I have a, I'll write a script that's between five pages and 10 pages. And then we just kind of hit the ground running. We do a rehearsal. The way I break it up is um, I do it over a month. So I'll have the script in place. I'll cast it. Um, there's usually some money it's between 500 and a thousand to pay the actors and food and that kind of stuff. Uh, I'll meet the actors on the second week, the third week, we'll get into a space and rehearse it. And the fourth week we, um, we shoot it on the Sunday. And we'll be there from nine to five. And it's it's a really pleasurable day. Yeah. It's a nice day. It's we, We're well prepared at this stage. I designed the scripts that it's usually kind of a conversation. So the, the first one was in a cafe. The second one was in a car like this. Um, and then the third one was two monologues. So it was I shot that in my garage. Um, so it's trying to be creative in those kind of spaces. Yeah. Um, and I suppose uh, 
Gervin, what you were talking about, production value, the value then comes from casting the right people, getting good actors, getting the script right, and dressing the set like as much as I can. Because that's one thing where no budget indie films always fall down. You know, I have, have a tendency to fall in is poor production design, you know? We've been talking we about were that. on that yesterday, which is hard to believe. <laughs> we were discussing that yesterday. <laughs> where the great thing was, it's a role with, like, you know, I said, we're... We're working with uh, Porrick Brennan on a, on, a, on a, say, a horror script at the moment. And we're just going through the, the script analysis. So from, a from the accountant perspective first, going, okay, I want to know what the budget is. I want to know down to the task and activity, down to the time of day, how many people are there. They're getting their rate. They're getting, what, what are they having with their cappuccino? Because you can plan all that. I'm used to like, you know, business intelligence, data analytics. It's, an, it's the film by the numbers is what interests me to start with. Then if I have the numbers, then we're saying the creativity will generate that revenue number later on. That opportunity only will manifest if we've got the crew there at the location. We actually were looking at the portal lose yesterday. Yes. We're going, I'm thinking there's 25 people there and George is saying, do, does a bear do 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 in the woods? Because there's 25 <laughs> bears hanging around looking as if they might need to be finding yeah. a bush yeah. sometimes shortly. And this is the amount of planning when you start moving from the three grand to 325 people, that location you're talking about needs to have a couple of porto loos. It needs to have yeah. a canteen. It needs to be able to have the coffee and the muffin because they're going to be there for the 10 hours or the eight hours. And yeah. I, I worry about those sort of things and go, it need, the money needs to have already yeah. been spent before mm -hmm. the, the line was ever read. You know, and, but yeah. now we're saying, I love what you're saying is you're creating the book. You're, you're actually mirroring what Porrick Brennan said as well. He was saying, I, I will create the film with what I have. I will mm -hmm. dress up the scenes with my connections and my film family. We, we yeah. all, everyone there is not expecting the full market day rate. They're actually, they want to basically invest in the opportunity of the testimonial that this thing is giving them to shine. To shine and that's what you're doing. You're saying you're yeah. generating opportunities. These yeah. are not for the film, you know, people that have already made it. These are for the future ones aspiring that need, they need a, yeah. a stage to perform. And, that, and that's yeah, what happened and, and in uh, Fiddler's Walk was the film that I made, a uh, feature film. And again, using the same principles, we used whatever we had available to us. And we only had to find the money for the two lead actors because everybody else was there three days and they wanted to be on the film. And some of those people, even though they were only there for three days of the shoot appeared throughout the whole movie. They were, they were popping up all the time in, in the scene, mm -hmm. but we managed to use uh, about five or six locations. There was a pub, but we built it out of four or five different locations that were exteriors and interiors. And we just found the resources. We said, look, you know, there wasn't there wasn't any actual money spent on it, but it was the equivalent of about three hundred thousand pounds used in that in that oh, yeah. budget because we we, mm -hmm. we had contracts with everybody and everything, and some of those people went off and got careers out of, in fact, um, Roche uh, Brona Roy, who who played the barmaid, went on to become the barmaid in Holly Oaks for multiple series, oh, wow. and she's she's recently yeah. been in the fall. So again, you suddenly you don't know who who is going to launch what career out of what you're actually yeah, giving them exactly. an opportunity for. So, what was you know yeah. in your own feature film that you said that you made a few years back? Um, my my film was made 14 years ago. I've made another one 
12 years ago, <laughs> which I'm still yeah. working on. There's yeah. one coming up. Yeah. There's one coming up any time, time now. now. There's <laughs> one coming up. Die. It's just the technology. I yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's just a case of keep on yeah. going. But how, how was your feature yeah. film that you made those years ago different to what you're currently trying to do now? It was, mm, I think the difference there was um, the film's called Derelict. It was, we shot it for about 10,000, um, but everybody worked for free. Um, so the, the value that I, I got for the 10,000 was like, it was probably a 60 to 100,000 euro film. We shot it over, yeah, 10 days uh, in nights in a, where, a warehouse, no, an old mill house in Slane. Um, and I suppose the difference was that we, it was kind of all crunched together. It was a traditional shoot in that I had a week of rehearsal and then a week on set um, and kind of spending all the money at once, you know, instead of why, what I'm doing now is trying to space it out a little bit because I just physically can't uh, do, do a block of time like that at the moment. Um, now, I, actually, I, well, Frank, I'm going to jump in. Sorry, and be very, very rude. Yeah. Because the weird thing we're finding now is you're, if I'm reading it right or wrong, I'm norm normally wrong, normally wrong. It's, you're saying, this is how I can do it because this is how I can do it because this is how I can afford it because I work a month, get a day, get mm -hmm. the budget, do again, do a bite. And we knitted together by the end of the year. If you were in a position, the money was there, would you be actually doing it the opposite way and you'd be doing it full on, start again, full on? Or is it, as you said, it's just based on I'm doing it and I'll do it whatever way, which way I can, but if the order yeah. of money changes, I would actually be doing it all in, all in one go. Yeah, absolutely. If it was a feature film, I would. I'd, I'd jump on and I'd, uh, I'd, I'd block off that time. So then what, what ends up happening is that it, it kind of becomes more like a creative challenge, you know, uh, and how can you make that creative challenge tell the story in that way? Um, the, the feature film I'm talking about, it's set over a day, but I'm talking about shooting over a year. Yeah. Um, now that's unusual because you know Actually, I, I love it already because someone's going to spot the, the continuity editor who's going to have yeah. a great time looking out the window in the background <laughs> yeah. it'll be snowing it'll be railing there'll be plagues yeah. of flies yeah. it's going yeah. you know, it's yeah. interesting <laughs> but I, I look but it ends up that creativity it gets my mind going and I'm thinking that's actually great because it's over the course of a day but a year is passing behind the characters and it tells the story of it's this guy's last maybe last day on earth He's suicidal. It's a long bloody day, though. Yeah, exactly. But it's, he's carrying this thing it's with him. It's not dog years anyway. Of, <laughs> no. <laughs> he's living a dog day, yeah. Um, but uh, it's what, that's what ends up happening. It's like, okay, how can I make this a creative challenge? How can I take my limitations and use them to, to the, my advantage you know um but yeah if i had if i had the money i would i would block off that time you know and I, i'd work now, there's the weird the thing there now now we're back to unfortunately george hates this and i keep on saying every show i'm not going to talk about it but it's back to the same thing again what is it you're doing what is it the product is do you believe in it you know what's it worth if it was sold you're all you're doing that's what our journey is we're going are we creating a multi-million pound product how are we invest? Are we actually creating an investment opportunity for someone to get a better return than putting the money in the bank? Because actually, the couple of people we talked in the last couple of movies, like actually, who was it? James. Uh, he effectively was able to turn his head in one introduction, get a six-figure sum to fully finance the feature of a hundred grand. You know, no, and it was from one new investor into the indie market, and his buddies have more money than cents, and they mm -hmm. are not con. They're not. 
looking for returns of a certain nature or they're not looking for it to be back by tomorrow. What the weird thing is you're saying is you've got a skill set and the ability to package other skill sets into creativity that will be of entertainment value or informative value to an end audience that's in massive demand currently. You're the skill set and you're the link to that. Most of our fears are that we're, the people we're missing is, is this other person that is more comfortable with raising the money or doing the marketing or business development or sales. Mm-hmm. And that because those bits are not in our core crew, we're doing it the way we can do it, eking along based on, well, we're doing it and we're going to well, do it I, anyway. I'd, like to, I'd like to jump in there on that one because, uh, I mean, I've, I've just been working on a project for the last six years and, I, and I, I've actually pulled out the project from being a producer-director to just hiring out the material that I shot back to the group because it was just taking too long to actually get anywhere. And, and the difficulty is I know that that particular person has spent 20 years working on that project but they haven't done anything else. They've just dedicated their whole life to that, that 20 years. And the problem is you kind of go, well, what are your skill sets? How are you, how are you keeping those going? Now, when I was working as an editor, you went from one program to the next program to the next, and you, you're constantly building up your skills so that people could recognize what those are. And I think when you do go into that role of becoming a producer, because it can take such a long time to get, if you don't keep on making short films or short somethings, people then start to forget mm-hmm. that you exist and you're starting from yeah. scratch all over again. And I think that's really, yeah. I, I know we've discussed this quite a few times going, but it's just suddenly hit me that that's really why the filmmaker, the reason why you keep on making stuff is because you're trying, that's your art form. And I know that's your calling. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is, that if you don't practice, you start to lose some of those skills. So you've got to find a way to yeah. practice. Now I, I, I'm like yourself there, uh, Frank, I, I worked. I have worked in the industry, but I came out of the industry because more and more I was being pushed into an avenue that I wasn't interested in. I yeah. also then became a lecturer uh, and then started making my own feature films, doing exactly the same way you do. And it, it does work. But then I, I had I, we had some uh, family issues in the sense that we lost several people. We started looking after others and the time escaped. And then there was another film that became a cuckoo that came in and sucked the time out of me with lots and lots of promises, and then it didn't work out the way I thought it was happening. And that's one of the reasons why I think we get to that point where you kind of go, I've I've put my faith in so many other people's. And even the end of Roisin's show, Garvin starts talking, if you listen to the very last bit, his roundup, he says that everybody else really does end up letting you down somewhere along the line in a not so nice (laughs) way. But the thing is that that's the problem. I was joking. I was joking. Yeah, I know. I know. But the reality is that actually happens, you know. Frank, the weird thing is, and if you probably know some of your shows, the guest is usually lucky to get a word in edgewise. We're going, <laughs> actually, you know, it's we're, we're, like we're told you're meant to be cognizant of the guest. Yeah, you're meant yeah, to yeah. ask some questions. Yeah. It's there. We're going, no, 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 sorry. You're just there so we can give out to each other. But I mean, that for years, aside, for years, what, for the last what, couple of years, you know, it's been me and Garvin doing it. And I'm the, I'm the only I one that's like, not going to get a chance to talk. I'm going to swing back. <laughs> around and go you have a but I, I read your your little bit of cv of you've done your 10 and 20 award-winning feature shorts that led you to go i've got a process it's my eight step book and i mm-hmm. if i can round up what i learned from that bunch this is it's in the book and it's going to be a good yeah. one for making shorts and it's a process but at the beginning mm-hmm. of the show you said you're now ar- what i was trying to get to is you're armed to the teat for the jump you're going, it's, 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 that's what I see. It's going, you can do another award-winning short or another one after that. 
But why mm. it is that's it might be the calling, it might be the passion, but that is not going to be the, the career maker breaker. Yes, that's yes, going yes. to be the door opener. So mm-hmm. the thing is, I think investors are ready to listen because yeah. you've proven when I do something with little or no budget, I winch mm. it. And, 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 and my team, who I pick, are award-winning and they're good. Mm-hmm. And I can have an, yeah. eye for, I have an eye for talent and I've got the, I've got the film family and that's what I attract. I've yeah. got the relationships. I've got the opportunity. I know how to package talent. So where you are at the moment in my books is you're ready, and you said it yourself, you're ready for the jump. But the jump yeah. we're talking about is from a one, two-man silo to a 30-man team capability yeah. of production process. Yeah. Well, that's kind of where I am at the minute. It's like I've used that phrase, I'm like a dog in the traps. You know, and what happened this year was someone gave me a thousand euro was a bursary from the local art center. And I made three films and wrote a book with it. Um, You'd be dangerous well, if just someone gave you money. Yeah, you I know. Well, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, so it's like I, I'm ready to go. Like I have the skill set, you know, it's that kind of thing. And I have the scripts I've got. You know, I've got the horror script. I've got the sci-fi script. I've got the, the, the I'm going to ask drama. you a question there because I love asking this question right now. I asked Roisin what was in her handbag and she said 17 and a half million, right? Because that's her script that's in the bag. Porix yeah. is the next one out. It's about half a million. I think we were talking to a couple of other people before that said they want to break the 1 million sterling mark. So they have, mm-hmm. what they have is they've gone from the five grand to the 50 to the 500 to the 5 million. The journey of their own script or how much they're the producer, director of. So mm-hmm. what's in your proverbial, proverbial handbag right now if you had an investor looking around the corner going, we're ready to go. Is it the yeah. half a million one? Is it the 300? Is it the five? Is it the 50? Yeah, I've got one that could be done for a quarter of a million uh, or 500. It would just bump up the value of the casting, you know. Yeah. Um, it's called 10 Days in December. It's um, it's a, ro- a romance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a romance. It's, um, it's about a couple who... It's actually our, my story, how I met my wife. Uh, it's a horror zombie festival. apocalypse yeah, romance exactly, yeah. because we need <laughs> yeah. to make it one. And there's a werewolf thrown in there as well. Good, good. No, we're back <laughs> to normal. So it's a Christmas movie as well. So it's very marketable, you know. And it's Irish American. So we've got the Irish market, we've got the American market, you know. Well, you do yeah, know that have... Squid, Squid Game is on the moment. It has to be in 95 languages. There's the rest of the planet. I'm not happy with the Irish-American market. I know it's 50 million people, but <laughs> you got you got to translate this into 72 languages. Oh, yeah, that's no problem. We're on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the love story works well, so was... I think. You know, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've been on that one for a while. In, your, in the one sentence there in Business 101 talk, you have the Section 481 in the variable man bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. You're looking for investors. You have an investor tax break. You're talking the language of three in Ireland. The weird thing is that a quarter of a million pounds something is a half million pound of earnings or something else that has to have that money available to invest at the most micro level of raising finance. It's not there's something wrong with that. There's a million million. There's a million millionaires in Hong Kong. There's more money than cents out there. If you just go to Conor McGregor's pub, he could probably just say, open his man bag and cut you a check there and then. So we, what, what we're trying to say is sometimes the fear that we're, the fear we're talking about most of the time is the fear of the unknown function that we don't aren't comfortable with which is mm-hmm. who are you going to tap for quarter million quid yeah 
Yeah. And it's something I think as we as artists, like just we don't have that language. We're not taught that language. We don't go to business school. When I, I studied animation, there was no business section, you know, yes. the business of film, yeah. you know, because it is the film industry, the film yes. business. You know, and that's what we're stepping into. You're doing a great ad for us at the moment. Yeah, George, I'm cutting this out later. No, the, film business, the business of film. It's good. We love it. No, <laughs> and, and, and no, the great thing is you just touched on it again. All the last 15 shows was the journey of people that were either coming from editing, now becoming writer, producer, or script writer, realizing to get their script out of the drawer, they've got to take on more hats of business development, production, or ex- they got to find someone that's going to invest in them or the rest of the team. Especially yeah. if it's under this one million mark, whereby it's a blind spot. No one's going to hand anyone the money in, in macro industry. They're here for 50 millions. They're, they're Marvel, this, that, and the others. They want 5,000 jobs. But micro production is, is, in my view, for my perception of it, is it's the art form of passion. It's how do we get that passionate art form packaged and manifested so it can get consumed and seen. And mm-hmm. there's a figure that the business of film has to wrap around that because it takes money for this to happen. And it's yeah. not, not an inconsiderable sum. And you can't sell your house twice and you can't tap your, your parents and your family and friends every single time. So what we, where we are all as a common factor right now is, is you've got the stories, you've got the belief in the story and the scripts. The t- it's all about the talent and the story yeah. and getting it to screen to be seen. So we're on a journey of the uncomfortable business sales distribution functions, which though they look as if they come last, actually int- come first. I think I think yeah. we also, yeah. one of the things that uh, I'm being reminded of, because we used to watch the new wave cinema of, of Germany and France and all those from the 60s, 70s and 80s and things, that a lot of those filmmakers mm. were independent filmmakers. They were independent from the studio system. We've now got into this habit with the studio films that it has to make its money back in the opening weekend, otherwise it's rubbish. But, you know, like uh, Casablanca, a 1942 movie, made its money not in the opening weekend, but across the last 70, 80, whatever years it is since then. Do you know what I mean? Those are critical things. It's 80 years ago since they actually made that film. George, if I'm the investor, unless I get cryogenically frozen, I'm never going to see me money back. Yes. But no, hang on a second. That's because you're thinking that it has to be a fast buck very quickly. I think what we've Ah, also got to do, we've got to start thinking about where do our films sit within within the way, and it's about building up an audience over a long period of time, which is where I think as filmmakers, I had this problem with Fiddler's Walk. I got it out there, fell into the trap of it. It needs to be uh, a break in money over the last year. But since it came out, which is now 16 years ago, it's had a bigger Mm -hmm. and bigger audience. And I should have been selling it more over those 16 years because it's still potentially getting an audience. Uh, And that's what we've got to do. We we are investing in, in these projects. We need to start looking at how we market those projects as a group of filmmakers so that we build up an audience long-term that will bring back that investor. Because the other thing I think with the Section 481 that you were talking about, Garvin, is that when you get that, it's you're asking someone to put money into your project over a five or six-year period or something to be able to get, so they don't suddenly take the money back straight away and bankrupt you. So you are thinking about how do we make money out of this over the next five to six years and build on that idea. That's what I think is is an important avenue to go on. I'm going to let Frank back in and go, because I'm swinging back around to this book. Yes. I'm going, in the book, it's eight steps, simple steps. Are they not meant to be a bit more complex? Or is it just should be 10 they steps? Why be. is there 10 steps? 
Well, I tell eight steps in a nice ring to it, you know. But anyway, you're I hope doing this, you're, no, you're doing the six minute abs versus the twelve minute abs. All you know, exactly. you know <laughs> someone's going to release the seven simple steps to making your short film, and I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> well, there probably is seven. It's yeah. just this next one that they forgot. This that, that little yeah, ingredient yeah. in the mix that's missing if they exactly. don't do your eight. Yeah, I I just I broke it down into how I make films. Did the book start by like um. It was eight uh, Instagram stories I posted, uh, just kind of like a blurb. That, hey, this is how you make your film. And, and I had to fit on an Instagram story. And then I, I decided to elaborate on it just to get all my processes, processes out. And it, it became the book. Um, so it was, and it was really for myself. But then as I was going through it, I was like, well, this, this could benefit other people. Yeah. You know? Other people who are like me. There is of, a great I'm, language there, Frank, because we keep on saying that ourselves and we throw away. You're, the first customer is you. Yeah. The best customer is you. The only customer that matters is you. And if it works for you, you are atypical of an audience. Yeah. And the best way to actually yeah. learn something is to teach, which is what I've discovered. Yeah. And I, like, I, it's hugely satisfying to me. Like I've, I love that aspect of filmmaking. I love the community. I love the family around it. I love everything I discover. I instantly give away. It's like, Here's how you do this. I just figured right. out how to do this. Well, thing. Here's your, I found your yeah. problem. I found your problem. Right. I'm giving it's stuff in, away. I need to charge. $2.99. $2.99. All you got to do is put a price on it because the weird perception is if it's for free, it's worth nothing. So you yeah. have to charge. Even discounts. I, I come from a business background. If you said that even the concept of a free point, no, you go, it, 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 you don't use that language. It's, it's basically the buy two, you get one free. There's a yeah. certain mentality with it. No, it's not free. It's value. You're selling value. It's it's you, you want to you want to impart that and and you're given extra. There's extra. You got an extra thirty percent or something, but you have to buy. You've got to. People have to. Free minutes was the biggest concept in uh, in in the telco industry, which I used to work in. No, what they got you doing was buying a bigger volume and paying in advance instead of arrears. That yeah. they they now they'd know they'd know chasing the customer, they get yeah. the money up front yeah. and you bought more than you'd ever use. So you mm-hmm. you actually touched on your eight steps was about there's going to be a jump to the workshops. So you're saying yeah. this is your investment in your branding and marketing of yo, this is a taster, but you yeah. you're not gonna get it out of that. You're gonna have to step into the the higher value workshop. You need to come to me. You'll buy the book and see and read why you need to be talking to us. Yeah. That's what yeah. you're really yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. They, you're, you're, you're now co- looking for the rest of the team again to go, the, that's your, you're throwing out your hook and you're fishing yeah. for the people that are hungry to become the filmmakers of tomorrow. And the short yeah. is the entry. But the weird thing is, the short is the hardest thing in the market now. It was the entry in the past. Now they're saying, don't bother. Knit eight shorts together, make a feature. It's your it's your promo yeah. pitch, yeah. but it shouldn't yeah. keep on costing you, you know, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, like I found out, like, what I was doing, and I, I kind of put a stop to it this year where I was giving advice for free. Yeah. And I was, I was really, and I was giving my time for free. And it was, I, I was doing favors for people. Like they'd ask me, hey, could you just read that script and tell me what you're you think a giver, yeah. not a taker? You got to, yeah, exactly. you got to go, be, you got to, we have to value yeah. ourselves first and we can yeah. decide to give it a bit extra, but yeah. it's not free. You're giving away the most valuable thing on the planet, your time, well, let, your live yeah. stream time. Let me just, because um, mm-hmm. I'd like you to go back to that process that you went through, Frank, because the, you were, you were, there's a realization that you started to see because you were giving that time free. Just tell us a little bit about that process that you went through and why you changed your mind. 
Well, I, I, well, I help out a lot of people like with with scripts. I, not so much script. Well, I suppose it is script editing, but it's a, they'll give me those scripts and ask me to read it, and I will, and I'll give them notes, and that can take up a couple of days of my time. Uh, I'll do it over a week. You know, I've got a full time um, job for you. I, I'm quite happy to give you that all day long. <laughs> <laughs> or like I had, a, there was a friend recently who asked me, "Hey, do you know of any locations uh, in your area for for a horror film?" So I actually went on a location scout. Location and manager was, for free. Yeah. Script editor well, for exactly. free. Exactly. There you go. I got to the end of the day and I just realized I've been walking all over town. I've been taking yeah. photographs. I've been getting numbers for estate agents. You've been paying your own favorite. petrol, yeah. your own travel yeah. subsistence. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not so even not- free. You're actually paying them yeah. to work for them yeah. at no cost. Yeah. So I drew a line. That was it. Yeah. I said, I'm drawing a line out of this. Like I have to, I have to be earning. Like there's value here. And the thing is, yes. what happens is, if I'm not getting paid for it, then there's a little bit of resentment creeps in, or a little bit of will. not not even resentment, but it's just I don't want to do this. But if you pay me then we form a partnership yes. and I will go above and beyond and yeah. give you is more there, than you yeah. ask. Now you have the above and be, the beyond bit is, you know, you'll give when you want to give, you'll give the extra, you'll give go the extra mile, but yeah. there's the takers and the givers and the takers will keep on taking. The givers will only give when they can afford to give and keep on giving. Yeah. But you know, it's time. What's happening there is the time, the value of that time is better mm-hmm. spent with your family, your yeah, friends, absolutely. anyone else. Yeah. If someone doesn't absolutely. value that time, then yeah. what, when, well, the, now the strange thing is, if you don't value that time, they certainly won't. So no, what's happened yeah. there is that realization is we've got to realize they're asking for the most valuable thing at no cost. And what we've, yeah. what we've actually yeah. been doing over the last two years now, three years that we've been doing is if anybody comes along and asks me to go off and do something, we're actually now saying, well, you need to compensate Garvin because he's going to lose me for a day or he's going to lose me for a week. And unless you pay the rate that Garvin wants for that loss, that compensation, I'm afraid I'm not available. Mm-hmm. And that's been extremely useful because it's given me a sense of value to what, what my, my yeah. rate is of, of a day yeah. and what I should be earning. And, mm-hmm. and, and really, until because Garvin was talking about this yesterday, he was saying that we were trying to work out how long it takes to edit a, a video. And then he was going, but George, you've got 40 years editing. I said, oh, okay, yeah, well, it's yeah. just the process I go through. He says, yeah, but that's you're going to do it faster than someone that's only got 10 years editing because of the processes that you yeah. go through. And they're all the shortcuts that you find. And you're probably doing mm-hmm. the same thing with your experience. You know, there are things that you do yeah. that you know work and are successful. And anybody else that comes along that starts to, to tell you about those things, you suddenly realize, hang on a second, yeah. they don't actually have the experience. They shouldn't be telling me what it is that I should be doing in that situation because I'm the expert, not them. And that's and, and once mm-hmm. you get into a language where you're working with people that respect you for what you're doing, that's when you start to realize, hang on, you know, I'm not the, imp- yeah. the imposter syndrome, which I think a lot of us have, that we think that we're not the person yeah. that should be doing telling somebody else. Actually, yeah. Frank, I, well, I re- what yeah. I really like is, George has just reminded me, what I was trying to say in English to you or anyone else that might be listening ever in the future, yep. God knows where, some aliens. But the, it's the investor you're looking for is already in the room. It's yourself. Yeah. It's that's what we realize. We are the investor. We're investing our time in us, in our life, in our mental health, in our motivation, yeah. in our learning. And mm-hmm. what what we're packaging first is us. What we're going to brand first is us. The value, yeah. the, the, the production value you're talking about mm-hmm. is 
It's your, how does someone perceive you outside that doesn't know you? Yeah. It's through your accolades, through the awards, through what people say about you, the testimony. That's what LinkedIn is. It's, it's the yeah. testimonial. What is someone saying behind your back? Are they going, it's a big fucking, you know, six foot six, never shuts up, talks very loud and fast, you know, talks at yeah. you. But sometimes when you go beyond that, the ones that are closer, they get yeah. the answers. They get the, the madness. They get the intelligence. They get the yeah. access. They, get, they, mm-hmm. they And they don't get the cost they don't get to, to be taken for a fool they are taken for granted so that's what you know we're now working for ourselves in the sense of not for the money but for the value of time for yeah. the recognize and that we are the investment of our time on this planet in yeah. what the passion should be and what we're going to get the most out of i suppose yeah i think it's a good exercise to sit down and just write down what your value is in monetary terms yeah. i did that for the first time this year where it was time, hourly rate, equipment yeah. rental, um, time editing. I do marketing. I do graphic design. And I, I put a number to all of, the, all of that. And for one of these one-day short films, I came to the conclusion that my value was, was yes. 5,000 euro. 5,000 euro. It was 5,000 euro. Yeah. I'm going to stop you right now for a second, Frank. The yeah. closing statement I made to George last night while we were doing working out the day rate for the f- films we're looking at was 5,000 yeah. euro a day. Yeah. yeah. For so all the different roles, <laughs> all the bits, all the time. It, it's like saying it's not that we're 500 quid a day, one person. It's not a one person thing. No. You're set, you're, you yeah. mentioned nine different other roles. Yeah. yeah. So I'm doing been, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're breaking it down into like those and the same figure, 5,000. And that was, that was like kind of minimum day rate, yeah. maybe a little yes, bit more yeah. um, based on experience. But yeah, that's so I'm walking into the room knowing that my yeah. I'm here offering you 5,000 worth of value per yeah. day. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. and even if I'm not getting that, I'm aware that that's what my value is, and I can, and that's what I'm bringing. It's kind of like a suit of armor that I go in with, you know. No, here's a weird, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do a weird number for you. You've arrived at the five a day. You know, most shorts out there are three, or let's say uh, three minutes to 10 minutes or something. So let's say 10 minutes and you're doing three minutes of production output a day. You're coming to this five by five grand. So you're finding this 20 to 30,000 pound cost of a short. Now, a, a feature is just 90 minutes versus 90 minutes. You go, it's 10 times that. So your minimum viable product of a feature of 90 minutes of five grand of three minutes of output per day is over 300,000 quid. That's why yeah. it suddenly hits the section 481. It's not talking about the, the A-list or anything or the special effects or the costume drama. Mm-hmm. Just to generate three minutes of page a day, <clears throat> 90 yeah. minutes, 30 days, five grand, you know, it's this multiple of, or we're saying 60 days, it yeah. comes to this magic number of about 300,000 quid. You know, and, yeah. and, and there's no escaping it if everyone just gets the bog standard day rate to turn up. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. and that's why. And see, and I think that's why we fall down as independent filmmakers is we don't understand that we don't do the math. Uh, we try and go at it like I did with Derelict at ten grand, and everyone works for free, and you rush it, and everyone's just like pissed off and hungry and tired and cold, and they're not getting paid for it, and uh, you're not getting the full value from everybody. Not vested, by not not but no. we, we've actually, no. they, they can be up to a certain. We've amount, started but. to to realize uh, because on most on the two feature films that I did, we did seven and a half hours a day, uh, and 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 we also made sure that everybody had the food they needed. And when we did things quicker in a day, and people kind of go, right, can we get onto the next scene? I said no because that's scheduled for tomorrow. 
So that's it. You're finished. Mm -hmm. They were kind of like, oh, that's brilliant. We've actually, they went off excited and they wanted to come back for more. And in one of the films I made, Mm -hmm. the the main actress uh, got so angry on the next production because they hadn't figured it out. She was working from four o'clock in the morning to nearly two o'clock at night again. So, you know, a long day. And she just got, she just flipped and said, you know what? You don't know what you're about. You don't know how to organize it. And that's getting that budget right in the first place, which is why we keep talking about budgets. That's back to the accountants again going, once they set the budget on these big productions, they're going, I now want you to do nosebleed because we're talking about profitability. The money is there. Do as much. We want you to do more than what's paid for as quick as possible so we can be more profitable. That that machine is not about the individual. That machine is about the end consumer, the, the investor return on investment. That we're not mm-hmm. in, we keep on moving between that machine and a, an error machine. We're saying we're not in that machine, we're in micro production. And, and what micro production is, is you know, it's a different family of film. I, it's the yeah, family, yeah. it needs to be the family business of film. And once yeah. it is, everyone gets paid, they enjoy the day rate, they enjoy the wor- working environment, they perform, yeah. they go home. But they want to do it yeah. again in a different story. I think they get but, the opportunity to be more creative when that process is set properly because they're, they're, they're doing normal day work. And in a normal day work, you're not getting stressed out as much because everything's being planned, that you can work things out mm-hmm. better uh, so that people do fully, you know, you, you talked about production design earlier on. Uh, I mean, we in our conversation yesterday were talking about why it was essential to have a production designer on our future projects that we're planning at the moment. Yeah. And we were saying it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the look. And, and you do as an audience appreciate that production value once you see the design yeah. work in there. So we need to make sure we've got it. But if, you, if, you're, if you're constantly going for the nosebleed or you end up with all these people wrecked. I've worked on projects where I've done a 42-hour stint. And I couldn't work for a week yeah. because I was so ill yeah, afterwards. No, you know what I mean? And that's what the yeah. nosebleed jobs are actually forcing people to do. And, and they don't want to spend all their life working in a career that, that should be creative, but they do want to work in, in an yeah. industry where they can enjoy life. They enjoy the family, mm-hmm. feel as though they're solving problems, which they have to do on that day-to-day basis. But also know at the end of the day, they're going to get paid to do that, to be there, and not yeah. sort of scrimp and saves. I love the fact that, that the word that's coming out left, right, and center is value. You actually, you mm-hmm. even said it. I actually stopped and I worked out my own value. And, yeah. and only on a monetary terms. I, I, we shouldn't really mm-hmm. be thinking so much of the money. We're going, no, think the money just because we don't have that figure. Sometimes you say it's 300, it's 500. We go, you, you're a five grand going, I'm doing nine jobs. But no one has seen the evidence of it because in your yeah. brain, you're swapping between one and the other and allowing your 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 project managing a whole project from yeah. eight different silos while mm-hmm. sitting looking at something and no one's aware of it. And they're not going to value what they don't understand, that they don't see yeah. the evidence of that aren't yeah. isn't in the budget. Actually, we were talking about the Netflix, you know, paying 130% of production value, maybe, and not giving you access to the end audience anymore, but they might pay you 130% of the buyout. Well, if it wasn't in the 100% to begin with, because you under it wasn't charged in, then actually you never even got the value because we never invited it in because it was never charged for, because we gave that extra mile and yeah. everyone did, but never charged. And then yeah. it can never be earned back. So the, the one thing I love about what you're saying is 
we've arrived at our value. We know airtime is the most valuable. We're not going to be giving it away for others that don't yeah. are taking it and not <laughs> valuing it. And yeah. actually, well, we, they're not investing in you. Yeah. And so we, we're all starting to invest in ourselves and other people yeah. need to invest. And if in you do you inv- invest in yourself, invite people in who are aware yes. of their value. Yes. So you're kind of, you're at the same now level. Now you're getting your people. co-investors by definition. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a new language. Yeah, too. And then you can, there's, there's a level of respect there as well. Respect for yeah. your time, respect for creativity, you know. And even if you are coming in wearing, everyone's wearing nine hats because that's what happens yeah. in, in the film. But they're giving of us. Well, not, it's not being taken. If that yeah. I'm actually, we, we yeah. mentioned yeah. earlier on at some point, probably not in the show, but we mentioned just before in the pre-ramble that uh, both Garvin and myself have renovation work going on. There is a project manager on site going around and bringing in and coordinating the different steps and stages of that production, which is our house being fixed up. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there kind of go, that's exactly what it should be for the films that we're working on. Those guys are probably getting between 200 to 500 pounds a day for turning up and they slot in at a certain time and they're, they're getting paid. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there kind of going, gee, where's, you know, in, in the way that things are going, yeah. it, the, the tradespeople are getting paid more than someone else has spent and got a degree, you know, has got themselves mm-hmm. all these skill sets. So they need to get their value back for the money that they've actually spent on trying to yeah. get the qualifications they've got in the first place. So would you experience that from, you know, you, you, you mentioned the other craft that you were doing, which is, you know, in the trades. Do, do, you, do you see yeah. that and can you see the parallels? Oh, completely. Um, I worked on the on building sites uh, on and off all my life because that's what my family do. They're builders and painters. and So someone building a house, you know, you're, it's that stage of production, you know, all the way to the finished product, which is a house that then sells. You know, you've built it for 140000 It sells for 250000 Um, And you do it over a period of six weeks or something. Um, one interesting thing was when I went to Indiana, I worked as a supervisor in a grocery warehouse for a year. And then when I got the job at Apple, I was talking about my film stuff, but they were really interested in the grocery stuff because the parallel was exactly the same. It was production. It was bringing stuff in, organizing it. And you had, you know, you were dealing with different departments. So you had the truckers, you had the switchers in the yard, you had the offload drivers, you had the put away drivers, you had the product itself. And then you had a time schedule and you had a list of what was the priority to go out. So the production process is the same, kind of like in the building. I love it. I love what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And I just kind of, I said I need to think about film this way. Now that's what we've done. We've turned indie production for ourselves. We've we've created our own production process. And we've packaged it down to the the, the five-minute interval of every function of the business wrapped around a script so we know what every scene will cost. What, who's there? Everyone's armed. They're there. They're, they're, they, you have your location. You've got your location budget. You've got your 30 people on standby, full cast and crew. They've got their lines. Now, it's as you said, we don't know what flavor that ice cream is in that production process. What the story is in there, it's onboarded. But now the cast have to exhibit the talent. The crew have to capture that talent being exhibited and they set a production design in the background. Meta Baker, look, mm. better turn that lad into a Rolls Royce of perception. And that's what you're really doing. You've got, we have a production process, be it short or feature. It's a five grand day of journey of minute of, of opportunity mm-hmm. to package creativity with a production process. Yeah. Is all it is. Now, 
what you captured at the other end and package is could be Blair Witch, it could be Marvel, it doesn't matter. But as you said, if you didn't have the production designer, someone left out the vanilla flavor in the plain ice cream, it ain't what you asked for. The audience yeah, yeah. changed. They're not going to pay for the bland, mm. flavorless something. It costs the same to produce, but mm. it's whether you're what the what we're hoping to inject with your relationship of family and friends and story identification is is we want that fifty two flavors. You no, know, that's what we're hoping for. Yeah, we, we yeah. pay for one, but we get fifty two. Well, I, I'm going to yeah. jump in now mm-hmm. because unfortunately, I'm, I'm aware, Frank, you've got to go off and uh, pick up your your youngster, which is the family thing, which is actually the thing that yes, should come the family that thing. should come first, <laughs> I think, which is which is really important. Yeah. So what we'll do is just a little wrap up. So we, we we've actually had a really good conversation with you today, Frank. I think what's really exciting is the fact that we have gone through that kind of film process that you've got into and how you've done it, but you've married it alongside the development of, of generating an income. But also you found that through the kind of work that you've been doing separate from the film industry, you've seen how it can influence the filmmaking process. And that also is, is, is where you started to look at the value that you've had. And what we're excited about in the conversation is that you've come up with a figure for your daily rate which we were working out the maths for, and we can confirm that, yeah, that you're spot on, spot on the button. And that's really exciting us mm-hmm. because we know from your conversation to us that we're spot on the button, that that process is exactly the same thing. And I think, again, what's exciting for us, because we, all, we also suffer from that imposter syndrome. I've been doing this for 40 years, and you feel that you're not the person that you should be doing or you're not as good as somebody else. Mm-hmm. And you actually need to be working with other people to kind of stimulate you and, and encourage you and nurture you and actually recognize within you what those capabilities are and things. I think it's really impressive that you, you've, you've found a technique over the last couple of years to, to produce, in your, your own words there, one location, you know, uh, one day, two people, which is where the, the conflict comes in. And you're getting about nine minutes mm-hmm. a, a day shooting out of that. And in your words... Yeah. 10 of those, you've got yourself a feature film shot, which is how you're making your productions. And I think that's exciting. We also, I think, enjoyed the fact that as we got to the end of our conversation, we began to realize how we can value our effort in that, how we can start to look at how we can generate an income from selling those films in the way that you were talking about selling houses. So I think that's fantastic. At this stage, what I normally do is give my guest a little bit of chance. Is there anything you didn't get a chance to say that you'd like to say Everything, everything. Say everything. <laughs> it's all in the book. Buy the book. Buy the book. There you go. There you go. Uh, just tell us the name of the book again so that people can go out and buy it. It's called uh, Eight Simple Steps to Making a Short Film. And we're kickstarting it right now for a print run, but it'll be available on a digital platform soon. Yeah. And also, look, look for print on demand. Look for print on demand through Amazon and the likes of, yeah. um, uh, I forget which one it is now, uh, Lightning something or other. I'll, I'll let you know about that later on. Sorry, Garvin, you finish off then. And I'm coming up with seven simple steps on how to make <laughs> your short coming even sooner. So like to, yes. to a cinema near you. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's Excellent. good. I like that. I like that. So dramatically, that show has ended with Garvin being shot, not by a camera, by a toy gun. <laughs> Listen, folks, thanks for watching. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And we look forward to you coming and joining us next week, which actually in the next episode is our 100th episode. So that is an exciting time. So you'll probably see this out of order, but it doesn't really matter. But thanks a lot. And thanks for watching and bye for now. Bye. Thanks a lot. Take care.
Hope you enjoyed this video. Please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications.